From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. It is a day after the Federal Reserve held interest rates steady for a fourth straight time. Now the focus continues to be on when the first rate cut will come from Jay Powell and company. The Fed chair all but took March off the board. I don't think it's likely that the committee will reach a level of confidence by the time of the March meeting to identify March as the time to do that. But that's that's to be seen. Um, so I wouldn't call, uh, you know, when you say when you ask me about in the near term, right. I'm hearing that as March. I would say uh, I don't think that's it's probably not the most likely case or what we would call the base case. Now, Jay Powell acknowledged the dramatic inflation progress in recent months, but repeatedly emphasized the need to see more data confirming that downward trend. Well, Nathan, reaction still pouring into Jay Powell's news conference. We caught up with BlackRock Managing Director Jeffrey Rosenberg and former New York Fed president and current Bloomberg Opinion columnist Bill Dudley. I think that's the story. Is it May? Is it June? It's not March. It's pushing back because they don't want to rush into a cutting cycle. I think we can expect uh, quantitative tightening tapering to happen sometime, you know, probably around the first half of this year. If the inflation is continues along the same course for you know a few more months, then the Federal Reserve is certainly going to start to cut rates. They're just not absolutely confident that that's where, where we're going to be three or four months from now. And that was BlackRock Managing Director Jeffrey Rosenberg and former New York Fed President Bill Dudley speaking to us after the Fed decision. Fed fund futures now have a March rate cut down to 38 percent. And now, Karen, it is the Bank of England's turn. The BOE is expected to leave its key lending rate at a 16-year high. We get more from Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden in London. The other thing that I would watch, though, is the guidance. If they drop mentions of further tightening and this need to be restrictive for an extended period, that could be seen as veering away from the hawkish bias. And if they don't do that, it could be seen as the MPC giving markets a bit of a slap on the wrist for getting ahead of themselves with the rate cut bets. Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden says economists unanimously expect the UK's central bank to leave its key lending rate at five and a quarter percent. Well, Nathan, it's also a very busy day for earnings in Europe. And let's stay in London and get the very latest from Bloomberg's Kriti Gupta. Kriti. Yeah, Nathan, Karen, some pretty big moves here right here in London. Shell up over 2% after beating earnings estimates. A $3.5 billion buyback announcement helping that stock as well, not to mention outstanding trade in the gas market. Deutsche Bank, on the other hand, higher by about 4%. The German lender saying it's cutting 3,500 jobs. The focus there on profitability, but also a buyback, 675 million euros on their balance sheet. And Roche, on the other hand, dropping 4%. 2024 guidance analysts are calling, quote, extremely, extremely weak. In London, Kriti Gupta, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Kriti, thank you. Back here in the U.S., it's another huge day for big tech earnings. Let's bring in John Tucker for a preview of that. John? 
And Nate to Apple, Amazon, Meta Platforms, all reporting. Their updates will give fresh insights on how the companies at the heart of the recent rally on Wall Street are matching up to lofty expectations. Apple has suffered five straight sales declines in a row. Analyst Dan Ives at Wedbush Securities is focusing on demand in China. I think China's actually been relatively stable. I think that's going to be a breath of fresh air from Cook and Cupertino on units. On services. Amazon.com's results will reveal how the online retailer performed during their holiday shopping season and how artificial intelligence is impacting demand for cloud computing. And Facebook parent meta platforms may see a continued bounce back from a recovering ad market and cost cutting. John Tucker, Bloomberg Radio. All right, John, thanks. Well, we continue to follow New York Community Bank Corp. Following yesterday's record plunge of 38%, the bank reported a surprise loss yesterday and slashed its dividend amid growing concerns over commercial property loans. Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Banks Analyst Herman Chan says the results are an outlier. This seems more of a New York community-specific issue of needing to shore up their balance sheet and facing you know, a, a blip on their credit quality that they need to you know, instill some more confidence in the market. And Bloomberg's Herman Chan says Moody's may cut the bank's credit rating to junk. The stock is up almost 1% this morning. Let's turn to uh, policy news in Washington, Karen. Key Republican senators are exploring dropping demands for new border restrictions and backing a standalone aid package for Ukraine and Israel. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says he and Majority Leader Chuck Schumer agree. Two f- friends in the middle of a huge fight, Israel, Ukraine, They need help. We on the Democratic side are pursuing getting all of this done. Ukraine, Israel, humanitarian aid, Indo-Pacific border together. Getting it through the House will be another story. Ukraine is warning it is facing a critical shortage of artillery shells. Ed Baxter. Bloomberg Radio. All right, and thanks. Elsewhere on Capitol Hill, the CEOs of five social media giants got a grilling over their platform's impact on kids' mental health and sexual exploitation. Members of the Senate Judiciary Committee focused most of their attention on meta platforms. Republican Josh Hawley had this to say to CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? At that point, Zuckerberg turned to families in the audience and apologized for what they've been through. The committee is looking for momentum on a bill that would target child sexual exploitation online. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. It was a rare bipartisan vote in the House, which has passed a $78 billion business and child tax break bill that would provide a boon for U.S. companies with large capital and domestic research expenditures. Republican Jason Smith of Missouri expressed his support. Each of these policies will help American businesses grow, create jobs, and sharpen their competitive advantage against China. The measure now heads to the Senate, where Republicans are pushing back against a provision that allows some people with no taxable income to collect the child tax credit. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says they're working on a deal. I support the tax bill, as I've stated before. I'm working with Senator Wyden to figure out the best way forward. The White House says if it passes the Senate, the president will sign it. Negotiations are advancing for an agreement to pause the Israel-Hamas war and free civilian hospitals 
hostages captured by Hamas. Sources tell Bloomberg that conversations are still in the early stages and a breakthrough is not expected in the coming days. But the proposal, which would amount to the longest pause and the biggest hostage release since the war began October 7th, has a realistic chance of success and could lead to a longer-term ceasefire. The White House says it is monitoring the warning from FBI Director Christopher Wray about Chinese hackers preparing to target critical U.S. infrastructure. At today's White House briefing, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said the administration prioritizes cybersecurity. This is uh, something we're mon- we monitor very closely all the time, and we take all these threats seriously. You have to. Kirby says one element of critical infrastructure in the United States is a free and fair election. No matter how fast technology changes, AM radio has remained a reliable tool for spreading information. Sean Voskel of the American Association of Retired Persons says there are still plenty of technology deserts. Many people don't have the high-speed internet yet, so they rely on their AM radio to get their information. But car makers are considering removing free AM radio, replacing it with streaming and subscription services that would require fees. FEMA, though, says getting free, reliable information in times of emergency is crucial. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Amy Morris, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Amy, thank you. We do bring you news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio, but now you can get the latest news on demand, and that means whenever you want it. Just subscribe to Bloomberg News Now, and you can get the latest headlines right at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. John. Karen, the new coach of the Seattle Seahawks, is half the age of the guy he's replacing. Pete Carroll departed at the age of 72. Mike McDonald replaces him. He's 36, becomes the youngest coach of the NFL. He comes from Baltimore, where he was the defensive coordinator, the only NFL team yet to hire a new coach, the Washington Commanders. A deal struck between the PGA Tour and the Strategic Sports Group that includes Mets owner Steve Cohen, Red Sox owner John Henry, Falcons owner Arthur Blank. The tour gets a $3 billion infusion, so purses are expected to go up, and they will launch PGA Tour Enterprises where the players will have equity. Meanwhile, that PGA Tour deal with Saudi Arabia is still not official, and the Pebble Beach Tournament begins today. Nick Dunlap recently won the American Express Golf as an amateur. He'll make his professional debut. Damian Lillard back in Portland, where he spent 11 seasons, scored 25 points. His new team, the Milwaukee Bucks, lost to the Blazers, and they're 0-2 with the new coach, Doc Rivers, on the bench. Kevin Durant returned to Brooklyn, where he spent three and a half seasons. He scored 33. The Suns beat the Nets. Kawhi Leonard scored 31. The Clippers beat the Wizards. Clippers have won 14 of the last 17. West leading Minnesota blew out Dallas by 34. Cleveland's won 11 of the last 12. Donovan Mitchell scored 45 in a win over Detroit. Miami beat Sacramento to end a seven-game losing streak. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. 
From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Not so fast on rate cuts. That seems to be the message Jay Powell and company wanted to deliver to markets after holding interest rates steady at the Federal Reserve's first policy meeting of 2024. We believe that our policy rate is likely at its peak for this tightening cycle and that if the economy evolves broadly as expected, it will likely be appropriate to begin dialing back policy restraint at some point this year. When that point will be... That's the question. For more on the Fed decision, we're joined by Bloomberg Opinion columnist Marcus Ashworth. So, Marcus, do we need to start thinking about May rather than March? No, I think we still uh, have to expect that a move could come in March. It's two more CPI uh, numbers, obviously payrolls uh, times two as well. So I think um, the chances are less that there will be a March rate cut. Uh, obviously, they quite clearly say it's not their base case, but they were very careful not to rule it out. Um, so it, it's data dependent. The Fed has made it uh, ready and clear that they will be cutting rates this year. Does it really matter they cut, cut in, in March rather than May? Probably not. In the greater scheme of things, they're taking their time, rightly so, if the numbers come in much weaker. Bear in mind, big CPI revision on February 9th. Also, I think there'll be you know, payroll revisions at the start of the year as well. If either of those come in, you know, dramatically changed and weaker, then I think March will come back onto the uh, agenda. So, yeah, probably May, but hey, could still be March. Well, what do you think is the risk that we do see major revisions to that inflation data that's coming up? Big. And I think that's why Waller has flagged it up. The revisions were quite sharply down last year. doesn't mean it'll be followed through again, but I think the chances are reasonable that they are, particularly if you look at the uh, PCE data and the GDP report. It, it's it's running around two. CPI is a full percentage point higher. Uh, something's out of whack there. Um, things are always slightly out of whack, but just a bit more out of whack than usual. So the chances are that that, that gap narrows is reasonably high, I think, and that will only make it more prevalent on the Fed to start thinking, well, they've done their job, um, inflation's been beaten. Yes, the economy is strong, continues to be strong, but that doesn't mean that they have to you know, keep rates clearly too strong than they need to be. So um, you put that th- into the equation and, and, and maybe we get a, an earlier rate cut. But you know, I, I think the Fed's very content to take its time over this. And I think that um, you know, clearly there's shelter problems, not problems, pardon me, but then we know shelter as a component in CPI is very much lagging. And when and if that turns, which looks like it has, that will push CPI down substantially over the next year or two anyway. So we don't want to get in a situation we get close to deflation. What do you think of there's a risk of a problem if the Fed does keep interest rates high for too long? Well, I mean, look, we just saw with uh, New York Community Bank Court. I mean, you know, there is there's some nasty stuff in the commercial real estate. Uh, also, Japanese bank Azora uh, gets covered by New York, uh, not pardon me, U.S. commercial property. So there are, you know, we saw the the Silicon Valley shakeout uh, last year and the concomitant problems in Signature, which obviously is feeding through to uh, New York Community Bank Court. But I mean, you know, this is an issue. There's no necessary real need, I think, to make interest rates 
um, pain any more than it's it that needs to be. It's done its job. It's fed through. And I think, you know, transitory is now two or three years of definition rather than a year. But certainly, I think we, we, we see most effects. So the Fed's got it under control. Very impressive behavior from, from Powell. I wish the same could be said of uh, the British Central Bank, but that's another story. Now, let's get to that story in our last minute here. Uh, do you think the Bank of England's going to follow the Fed's lead when it comes to pushing back at rate cut expectations? We do have about a minute left. Yeah, they definitely will push back. The question is how much will they push back? They need more time. And we have a higher wage in, uh, problem in the UK. It's residual. It's sticky. It is feeding through. We are uh, have beat inflation. Uh, it just is not showing up quite as evidently as it is in the States. It will do. I don't think there's any any real uh, outlier now in the UK inflation terms. But, you know, central banks are paid to be cautious and, and drag their heels. And that's exactly what the Bank of England is going to do. What we want to see is that the, there were three hawks voting for another rate hike last time. Madness, I think. Mm. Let's see at least one or two of those change their mind and go back into a, a neutral stance. And possibly one will vote for a rate cut. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. down has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.